just to acknowledge a couple of things before we start talking about our readings. First is, I've been aware, basically since we've been starting the Sermon on the Mount, uh, and even the week before, I've been aware that it, it sort of seems like we're putting the cart before the horse a little bit, right? So I've mentioned that we've got this, this series, this preaching series coming up during Lent. And during that preaching series, I'm going to talk about the foundational belief or the foundational story of what we believe God has done in the person of Jesus. And, and if that's the foundation, the, the last part of the foundation is our response. In other words, the last part of that foundation is becoming disciples of Jesus. So, so to me, it's like I see that coming. And the last few weeks, we've been talking about discipleship. So it's, it's like cart before the horse a little bit. So there's just a little bit of discomfort there, but whatever, this, these are the readings and we're working with what the, the readings are, are giving us. So it's, it's gonna be okay. But just still to acknowledge that, that if some of this stuff you're hearing seems confusing or difficult, um, that, that's okay. Hopefully, hopefully at the end of Lent, uh, before we get into talking about discipleship and Easter, uh, this will bring everything together for you so you can understand it maybe more, more fully and, and be more free to give a full response. I mean, if it, if it already makes sense to you, that's awesome. Great. Continue to give your full response. The second thing to acknowledge is, is my style. I'm, I'm aware that my preaching style is very direct, and I, I understand that not everyone likes that directness. Um, I'm not going to change, probably, but I, I understand. I understand that some people would really prefer a little bit more, uh, you know, bedside manner improvement kind of thing. So I'm just aware of that and, um, you know, it's, it's going to be okay, I think, you know, we'll, we're going we're gonna to make it through. Um, okay, now with that, right, so this, this kind of gets into the, because, because this, this, like, part of the reason I'm direct is because of who I am, that's my personality. But another part of the reason that I'm direct and straightforward about some of this stuff is because Jesus himself is direct and straightforward about some of this stuff. and. And the thing that I hope more than anything I get across, whether you can appreciate the directness or don't like the directness, whatever it is, the thing I hope I'm, I'm, I'm able to get across is, is this, that I care about your soul more than anything. As your pastor, I care about your soul. I have a responsibility to care for your soul, but as a brother Christian, I care about your soul. And this, this is the thing, that in our culture that we live in, there is a, a strong mentality that everybody goes to heaven after they die. As long as I'm a good person, as long as I don't kill anybody, I'm on my way to heaven. When in fact, in the Gospels, Jesus is really clear that not everybody goes. And that sometimes we have to do real violence to ourselves, self-denial, in order to remain on the path toward heaven. In fact, he mentions this in our gospel today, right? One of these uncomfortable things. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body thrown into Gehenna. Gehenna is, is hell, right? If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body go into Gehenna, into hell, right? So Jesus is really clear, actually, that, that sometimes we have to do what feels like real violence to ourselves, self-denial. So he's, he's speaking in a particular way. He's not talking about how we actually need to cut off our, our arms or actually pluck out our eyes, but that sometimes we have to do serious self-denial in order to remain on the path that is towards heaven. Uh, so if he's saying that, then why wouldn't I, as his priest, say things that are similar to that, which I understand are hard. They're hard for me, and I understand they might be hard for you, especially if, if that's not the flavor of preaching that you've been hearing uh, in the past, whether it's long-term history, short-term history, whatever. I, I don't know what those guys preached about, 
But what I want to preach about is what I hear Jesus speaking in the gospel. And to sort of magnify it a little bit more this week, as though it's not already intense enough, to magnify it a little bit more is this, that there are sometimes in scripture, in the gospels, when Jesus, it's like he's already direct, and then he goes even further to be really clear about what he's teaching. Right, so everything he says, everything he commands and teaches, we should listen to because, right, we believe that he's God, right? And if he's God, then we believe that what he speaks is absolute, right? If God speaks and teaches something, hopefully we can agree that what he teaches and, and speaks is absolute. But sometimes, right, he says this in scripture. There are, there are a few times in the gospels where he says, unless you do this, you will not enter into heaven, Right? So if you don't do X, you will not go to heaven. That's really strong. And we get one of those today. And, and so for me as a priest and as a disciple of Jesus, right? even if I wasn't a priest, to hear these words, it's like, okay, I got to tune in to what Jesus is talking about. But then what's more, as a priest, as a pastor, I want to make sure that, that my people, and again, I understand that maybe my style could improve about how, I, how I'm making sure people are tuning in, but what I want is, is for my people to really be tuned into this because I don't want anybody to go to hell, right? I want us all to go to heaven, even while I acknowledge what Jesus seems to acknowledge is that not everybody goes, right? So what does he say? I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Right? There are a few places in scripture where he says things like this. This is one of them. And the hope is that for you and for me, as we're hearing these words proclaimed by Jesus, right? It's, it's like we can't argue like, no, who, who are you, Father, to say this? Well, I'm not saying it. Jesus is saying it. Who is the church to say this? Well, the church isn't saying it. Jesus himself is saying this. So if we have an argument to make here, it's with Jesus who is God, right? So it's, it's really an argument with God, but that's, that's not the point. Hopefully we can get to this place where it's like, okay, he's God and I want to listen to him. So now hopefully as you're hearing this, it's like, okay, what does that mean? What does that mean? Because I don't want, I don't want to not do it, right? I don't want to miss out on heaven. So what does it mean for my righteousness and your righteousness to surpass the righteousness of the Pharisees and the scribes? Well, what's, what's Jesus talking about in the context? What is he, what is, how does he begin this paragraph? Well, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. So in other words, what Jesus is saying is that there are some people out there, and maybe, maybe, maybe some among us, who knows, but there are some people out there who just, they want to dismiss the law of God altogether. Or not, maybe not the whole law, but they say, you know what, this one, that's not for me. God and I have this understanding that I don't, I don't have to follow this law. No, no, Jesus says, no, I haven't come to abolish. Not, in, in fact, he says, I say, amen, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or the smallest part of a letter will pass from the law until all these things have taken place. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments, one of, the, one of them that seem like they're least important, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. There's other parts in the, in the Gospels where he says, whoever leads one of these little ones astray, one of these little ones who follow me, whoever leads one of them astray, it would be better for that person if a great millstone were tied around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. Those are really strong words from Jesus. 
Right? So again, this, this, isn't, this isn't meant to like invoke fear upon us, but instead it's meant to say, okay, Jesus, I'm ready to listen to you because I don't want to be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Instead, actually, I would love to be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and so I want, to, I want to obey and I want to teach his commandments. But what we see actually is that this, this, this is merely simply hearing and obeying Jesus. That is merely the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. That's what they did. The scribes and the Pharisees, well, they weren't really listening to Jesus, but they received the laws of God and they made it their goal to fulfill the laws, to live the laws, to be obedient to the laws to a T. That was their righteousness. So if Jesus is talking about how our righteousness needs to surpass that, then at the very least, we have to imitate that. Which again gets to the, the whole thing, like maybe to reflect in your life and in mine. Are there any of God's laws that I just, I really easily dismiss them as though oh, that one's not that important? Or I don't, maybe that's for other people, but that's not for me. Or I disagree with that one, so I don't have to follow it. Are there any of those laws that, that, the, that God teaches or that God teaches through his church that I just so easily dismiss? And if so, then I'm not even up to the, the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. And that's a big problem, right? Because then I'm not living in discipleship with Jesus. But now, to surpass, right? So the, the scribes and the Pharisees, they made it their goal to, to be obedient to the law to its in its entirety. The thing is that they didn't always know why they were being obedient to the law. They just knew that this was the thing to do. So what Jesus is getting at is to surpass the righteousness, is to not only do what he says and to listen to what he says, but to begin to think like him, right? Remember, we've been talking about discipleship. To be a disciple is to become just like your master. So if I'm a disciple of Jesus, not only am I going to do the things that he does, and I'm going to speak the things that he speaks, but somehow, because of the time that I spend with him, I'm actually going to be able to think the way that he thinks. Right? Just consider this, that, that you who are married, or if you have kids, or if you have a really close friend, whatever it is, there, you spend so much time with those people that eventually you can begin to say, in any given situation, oh, I know what he would think about this. I know what she would say about this. Why? Well, because you've spent so much time that you've, like, you've taken on their mind, or you can at least understand their mind and what's going on. This is what Jesus is talking about. The righteousness that he's talking about is ultimately the righteousness that a disciple of Jesus is naturally going to have. Because a disciple of Jesus is going to take on the mind of Jesus himself. Who is God, right? So the disciple of Jesus is going to be able to think like God thinks. Which, if you let yourself think about it, is incredible. The letter, the, uh, not the letter, the, the prophet Isaiah, in chapter 55, the Lord says through Isaiah, he says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. He's saying, you can't, you can't think like me because my thoughts are so far above yours. And here Jesus, because God himself comes down to take on our human flesh, Jesus now gives us the ability to think the thoughts of God. And it's not just that he gives us that ability. It's not just that he invites us into that. But here he's saying, you actually have to do this. Because that's a natural fruit of being my disciple. That's a natural fruit of sharing life with me, 
Which again, right, like we, we can hear this and we can think, oh man, this is, this is too much, it's just, it's too extra. We can think that, but try to, try to look at it from a different perspective, that God invites you to share in his life and in his glory. <laughs> That's an invitation that seems like it's worth taking up. Because it's God who holds everything to existence. It's God whose thoughts are so far above ours, and yet he invites us to not, like, it's not just that he comes down, but he comes down on our level so that he can bring us up to his own level. This is incredible. It's incre- and this is what St. Paul actually, St. Paul gets this so well in, in our second reading. What does he say? Brothers and sisters, we speak a wisdom to those who are mature, not a wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this, this age who are passing away. Right? The wisdom of this world is passing away. Rather, we speak of God's wisdom, mysterious, hidden, which God predetermined before the ages for our glory. God's wisdom, mysterious, hidden, yes. And so therefore, difficult to understand, absolutely. But when, a, when that time comes, when a person becomes a disciple of Jesus and takes on the mind of Christ, that wisdom, it becomes more understandable. That wisdom, it enters in in an interior way so that it's not just me following the commandments on a surface level because, well, God said to you and so I should. But instead, no, it's like I follow God's commandments because God himself has spoken them to me. And in following them, I get to share in his life. For some of us, that might seem like a subtle difference, but for Jesus, that difference makes a world of difference. It it actually makes a kingdom of difference. It's the difference between one who enters into the kingdom of God and one who doesn't. Which I understand that, that maybe many of us were actually raised in households that It it was just simply, we follow the commandments because that's what we're supposed to do. And so that's like the habit that we've grown up developing. And if that's you, I just simply want to invite you, challenge you, yes, but invite you to to see that there's more that God is offering you, that there's more of an interior revolution that Jesus is wanting to bring about in your life so that, like, It doesn't have to seem meaningless to you, but instead everything can have meaning and not just any meaning, but it can have the meaning that God's wisdom provides. That your life can be a life that's lived not just for a few years, but it can be a life that's lived for the glory of God that can bring you glory because that's what Jesus wants. And so Paul then goes into this poetic thing, right? As it is written, what eye has not seen and ear has not heard, what has not entered the human heart, what God has prepared for those who love him, this God has revealed to us through the Spirit. This is, this is the incredible thing. Without the grace of Jesus, we can't know his wisdom. We can't know his plan. But with Jesus, who is God, come down to us, the entirety of God's ways are opened up to us so that we can encounter him in that deep and powerful way, so that ultimately we can become righteous, not in the eyes of the world, but we can become righteous even in the eyes of God himself, which is incredible and really in so many ways beyond words, beyond understanding, no matter how many words we say about it. It's a mystery that is both comprehensible and incomprehensible and in 
the sort of healthy tension of that, it just gets you lost in the mystery of God, who is all good, who is all wise, who comes to save us.